Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the 33rd episode of The First Exchange with me, your host, Lydia Daydal. Well, what can we say? What an exciting week we're having. The climate has certainly changed since PJ Gallagher was on here to talk about life with Tommy Tiernan and Paul Redman been in here talking about Bellator. Um, I hope everyone is staying coronavirus safe. Um, this is officially a coronavirus virus free zone so don't worry there'll be no chat on this podcast um but just to uh say massive thank you to everyone as always for all your support i know i I keep going on about every episode that we open up with but it's just such an important time in terms of um the growth of the podcast and just knowing that we're on the right track and that you guys are really enjoying listening i suppose um so for the 33rd episode uh, this week, uh, I had a, a good friend, uh, Paddy Douglas, come onto the podcast with me, um, a former Irish Muay Thai champion um, that's had this incredible journey, not only in professional fighting, but in his own life as well, um, which is now leading him to um, uh, become a Wim Hof instructor. Um, we spoke about Wim Hof quite a bit on the podcast before, um, and the kind of premise, I suppose, of Wim Hof is cold water therapy and what cold water um and the sea and and different uh, water therapies can do um for you for mental health for for life for, for for your journey um so we got him on to talk about all that was going on um look back at the past look look to the future and then we had a, a, a great l chat in between us um so before I, I move on and let you listen to the 33rd, 33 and a third episode of The First Exchange, um, a quick reminder that we have launched our Patreon, which means that you can help support The First Exchange podcast and support the growth, most importantly. Um, we have so many big plans this year, um, growing the podcast bigger guests, bigger audience, live venues, live podcasts. There's so much that we want to do and the interest is there, but we we need the support, the financial support from you guys to help us to do that. So if you met me in the pub and you buy me a, the price of a pint, um, then please uh, put the price of that pint into our Patreon um, and hopefully someday I can I can meet you in a pub and pay you back or buy your pint back. Um, but if you want to support the First Exchange podcast, um, then please go to our social media uh, Instagram Facebook or Twitter The First Exchange and you'll find a link um, to our link tree which will bring you into our Patreon um, many thanks um, if you do do that and you know even something as simple as just sharing the podcast to a friend or a family member 
with a little go listen to this uh, that is also really really supporting us and helping us so thank you very much without further ado I'll stop rambling on now and let you enjoy the 33rd episode of The First Exchange with Paddy Douglas Welcome Paddy Douglas How are you Olivia? I'm good Thank you for making the journey the trek into the First Exchange studio It's all good How are things? Things have been quiet, but also busy. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're making moves. Yeah. I'm uh, venturing towards a uh, Wim Hof instructor. Yeah. That's where I'm going. Like what? Like this is, we'll talk about your, from from then to now, but this is a new venture. Yeah. Um, that has come out of, I suppose, what would you say? Like a getting journey. Getting in the sea. A, a getting in the sea and a journey of into like, self-exploration would you say uh yeah well we we could have started we're basically getting into the sea was the got the ball roll rolling that sort of things and then from there you get chatting to people and people start mentioning Wim Hof and I looked mm-hmm. up Wim Hof and that's where I got the name but then uh Brave with Noel he the very first uh swim ride Wim rides I did mm. was with Brave with Noel that was down in Port Marnock and uh, did the whole Wim Hof breeding and got into the sea. That was like, I'd say it was 200 people there or something. But I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know. I was, I was breeding completely <laughs> wrong. I was looking around at people saying, what are these all doing here? <laughs> so that's basically where it started. And that was at the end of 2017. Mm-hmm. And from there, it grew. Like, uh, and I, the penny only really dropped probably four or five months after that introduction, which where I was breeding wrong to find out how I actually I meant to breathe. Yeah. Doing the Wim Hof method, and uh, when I when I hit that sweet spot of like going into the Zen mode, and it's just like <laughs> wow, because I, I don't meditate. I don't well, I do now, but at the time I never meditated. Mm. I never even went near it because I just didn't understand it. Yeah. Basically. So when um, that happened, I think it was like three or four rounds in, and I felt like my body was floating up off the bed. I was like, wow, this is a. Uh, is this what they're all on the move? So I was like, okay, this is uh, something new now I'm going to keep digging into. And I did workshops. Like, <clears throat> so that was the end of 2017, started 2018. And from there, just grew. Amazing. Just, just getting the education on it, really. Yeah. Before we go into too much detail about kind of like the journey of the the breath and what you've learned and different things, um, most of our listeners that will be crossing over from like watching my stuff with the with Fight Connect TV, they will know you because we obviously uh, collaborated on a documentary not too long ago, a couple yeah. of years ago. Um, uh, I done a, a mini documentary series on Paddy, former Irish Muay Thai champion. So, based off of your past, we'll say as um, a professional Muay Thai fighter. Would you have been used to, you know, having a hard training session and then going out for a dip in the sea or having a cold shower? Like, would you have seen the benefits of cold water health? I suppose you say cold water health. Um, in that time. Um, throughout my whole fighting career, I don't think I got into a cold shower. No way. <laughs> really. And and I can tell you right now, I never got into the sea. <laughs> really, at all. Ever. That's nuts. Oh yeah, um, the only time I got in the sea was probably on holiday, but mm. it was always because it, it was on holiday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was never to get in there for any other reasons, like the, the well-being or the, the mind frame or anything like that. Yeah. So throughout the whole career, no, that wasn't involved at all. No. No. no, no even down to like the actual like control of my breathing, or even knowing about my breathing, nothing. 
it's very strange even the the fact that you're saying you know um i didn't meditate mm, never whereas like there's a certain degree of like visualization i suppose that goes into being a professional fighter and or is there i mean i've never been a professional you tell me i mean uh, well for me that was yeah there was but that was only uh the visualization would have been like how you're gonna approach it which way do you see the fight going and it, this is all based off not like your imagination this is, for me it was based off watching the fighter yeah looking back on one or two of his videos and saying okay i've seen enough now and now i'm gonna just be wary of that when i'm fighting mm. them oh, i'm gonna know about it and um, when i'm in there <clears throat> so that's the only type of visualization but obviously yeah you look at yourself and you say yeah i'm gonna win and you have all that behind it but when it came to like, going back to meditating and doing mm. that type of visualization no there was no real like let's get in the zone and mm-hmm. go deep with the uh, thinking or mind frame it was just like i know what i have to do and get in can we talk about that time that you were you were a fighter mm-hmm. um ex- like di- explain to our listeners you know that time period and i suppose what life is like as, as a professional fighter like in terms from the the graft of it i suppose um so for that time period it was me uh basically finding something that i could just focus on totally like 100% focus on it and that's what I was doing throughout that time and I was taking everything to make it work for me between the diets the social side of it um relationship side of it and then my personal um well-being mm-hmm. so I was using that as like my crutch my that was my go-to for mm-hmm. keeping me on the straight and narrow for keeping my head level um for bettering my life um so as that fire aspect goes, it was like it was all in, and there was nothing else. Mm-hmm. That it was, I know, like they say, um, true success. It's not just one straight road. It's you go up and down. You have your highs and you have your lows. But if you can vision it like this, it was just one straight road for me, mm. regardless of the highs and lows. It was just like I had nothing else in my vision. So mm-hmm. you can. So in that aspect, nothing else was actually happening in my life, apart from obviously walking stuff like that. But. And in terms of, of, you know, the the choice or the decision to become a professional fighter, was that something that you actively set out to do or was it just you started training and it was, you know, take an amateur fight and then things get amped up and, you know, it's it's discussions with your coaches or your teammates and you just end up then one day looking back mm. and being like, okay, I'm a professional fighter. What was it for you? Getting into the fighting side of it was, well, it wasn't, I'll, I'll, go, I'll rewind back a little. Getting into the training side of it was simply because I was bored of where I was at the time of my life. So I was just, I was young, I was going out drinking session. Like that's, that was the normal thing to do. Mm-hmm. But then you see, like, if you weren't getting bored of it, or if you weren't thinking that you are made for something more than this, just going out on the weekends and uh, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be feeling that and you'd be just going along with it. Mm. So I started feeling a bit down. Like, I just was like, Jesus, I'm going out, I'm enjoying myself, I'm being in all the parties and I'm feeling like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously drink has a big part of that, but it's that build up to the weekend, you're still feeling a bit shit. Mm. Um, so it just happened. So in the documentary, I do mention this, that like, I see my brother, he was just going training down mm-hmm. in Dublin Toy Boxing and that was really it for me when I seen this I was like oh hello um, this is something I could focus mm. on a little never thought anything about it I just knew that it was something different that I can go towards and I can put yeah. put a bit more energy into, into something else other than 
just going out the weekend. Um, and it was just something that clicked with me. When I went down there, I just had this focus. And as I was growing up as a kid, it was I was always nervous of like getting changed in front of people. Or mm. I was always nervous of. Um, I was a bit shy, like. Mm. But it was something, something about it when I went down there. And it was I was like twenty three or something like. And I didn't know anybody. I was very I'm very reserved when I'm around people that I don't know. Mm. So when I went down there, it was like I went in there with like. I don't care. I don't. I don't give. A, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm just mm. gonna go down here, and uh, just be myself. So when I went down, they're getting changed in front. Like there was no dressing rooms at the time, so you had to get changed mm. in front of the people. That was a, for me. That was like oh, Jay's a bit of privacy, nothing there. Mm. So that was a bit of a thing for me. But it was like I, I was for the first time I felt like I could just block all that out, and and that's that's as simple as just getting changed in front of them. So mm. but, so blocking that out, and then getting into the training side of it was like. I know I'm good enough for this, you know, and I couldn't kick a fucking throw a punch like. But I was telling myself, this is this is something that I really want to do, and this is in the first week of going down like. Mm. And, um, when it come when it came to the fight, I remember a conversation got brought up, and I was just like, well, if I get off the fight, I'll just take it. I'm not like, why not take a fight? You know what I mean? Mm. I was always like, growing up, I was always handy at a couple of scraps like. Uh, I never set out to fight or anything like that, but if it ever came to me, I was like, yeah, let's go. So when I was down there training, and I, I, I knew myself it was getting better, I didn't need anybody to tell mm. me anything like that, I just knew, and I knew the effort that I was putting in was going to get better. So when the, I was waiting for it, I was, also, I was almost waiting for that, like, there's a fight coming up, do you want to take it? And I was like, yeah, like, when that opportunity came up, I was like, yeah, 100%. I'll just take confidence, it. I suppose. It was still, did you have a, a quiet confidence in yourself? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something I still have now today, um, just the way I am. Um, so that's when the the whole idea of did I get into training to go to be a fighter? No, I didn't. I went down basically to better my life and just to focus on something mm. other than the weekends. And then from that, it does. It's you say with everybody, and I like to use an analogy when someone comes up to me and says, um, "What do you have? I'll have an americano for mm. a coffee." Say, "I'll have an americano," and then they they have a cup of tea and I'll say. Oh, do you not drink any coffee or anything? They go, oh, no, I can't handle that coffee. It's too bitter, too, not, not mm. sweet enough. And I go, get a cappuccino. So the only analogy is you'll always start off with a cappuccino when you're drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you'll be just weaning it down and you'll be on uh, espressos. <laughs> so that's why, I, that's why I basically put the fight, <laughs> I put the fighting aspect around it like that. You start off going down just to train. And then next of all, you got, you're, like, you're up in an A-class before you get the head elbowed off you. Do you know what I mean? So, That's a wonderful analogy. <laughs> so you start off in the cappuccinos and you end up in the espresso. So you start off training and you end up in an A-class you. Yeah. Because if anybody that came through the door who was new, and I'm, I'm saying I'm a B-class fighter, or I'm a C-class, B-class or A-class fighter, anybody that came in that was like totally raw, kicking pads, and like... They'd have no desire, no idea that they're going to be like, I would say, you have it to be a fighter. Mm. Ah, no, no. Yeah. And I would say, right then, grand, if you keep coming down here, I can guarantee in three months, mm. you're going to be you're going to be either itching for a fight or you're going to be getting offered a fight. Yeah. And that's what happens. It is what happens. And that... And the exact same thing happens when you're drinking cappuccinos. <laughs> I'm laughing there because I'm thinking about... 
when I go into, I have when I go into the coffee shop I ask for um, an Americano in a six ounce cup because it's tiny so you're just getting like you get it's not you're just an nice espresso hit. but it's a little bit of water yeah, there yeah, as well yeah, and yeah. you one that I go to uh, uh, Clement and Pico that's my go to and you're one every day she's like six ounce cup I'm like yeah please like she's like she's fucking weirdo but it's just the perfect amount yeah, of yeah. coffee and water I know what you mean, yeah. but it's it's what you say there about like that whole um idea of people who start like a martial arts or combat sports and and they um you know the thought of fighting in any capacity terrifies them but then gradually as they're there and they they get better and their confidence grows and stuff like that and then they find themselves being able to say yeah go on actually they yeah go on i'll take a fight Mm, yeah you know or they find themselves being able to spar harder or whatever it is that's what i one of the first things that made me fall in love with the, this like with combat sports as a whole is that it's teaching people how to one be dedicated to something two to persevere uh three to not quit when it's difficult mm-hmm. and then to finally be able to um achieve something that at one stage in their life they thought they would never be able to do which yeah. is like if you can take that lesson and apply it to every other aspect of your life then like what can't you achieve which gives me goosebumps even saying that you know yeah. what I mean um, so would you agree with that in that the the kind of foundation of how it taught you to be as a fighter you're able to apply that now to everyday life uh, I I used to that's what that was my go to. I always mm-hmm. used to if I can if I can um do that in the ring, if I can step in the ring, if I can put myself through that fight camp, get in the ring, take those hits, uh, get the wins or take a loss, I can do that and everything. So I was using that I was using that for a lot of things in my life, but then I realised there was also um feeling myself because I was only using the stuff that I was comfortable to use it against. Mm. Anything that it was, anything that made me feel uncomfortable, that that logic wouldn't apply to me. Like, but, give me, without like, you know, you don't have to like expose your entire life or anything, but give me mm. ideas of where the uncomfort might have been. Um, predicting a fight. Mm-hmm. Saying that I'm going to win and I'm going to win this person or saying that I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I would be, I would be too uncomfortable to say that, mm-hmm. and oh, and yeah, I'm able to get in the ring and do it, but I'm not able to admit it. You mm. know, um, that's interesting. Another one would be, and that's just me, because if I was to say it, I'm putting myself in the spotlight. I'm not. I basically, I'm, the reason why I'm not saying it is because I'm not confident enough to say it. It's so bizarre. Because yeah. when you look back at you as a fighter from that time, you exuded confidence. I'll be saying it to myself now. Right. I just wouldn't be saying it in public. And I right. come away. And because be, <laughs> honestly, I would be afraid to say it in public because I'd be putting myself out there. Is it because you're putting yourself under unnecessary pressure? And there's already a pressure to achieve when you go into the ring with someone? And no, it's because honestly, I wouldn't have the confidence. Because you, you don't I, think I, you're going to win. I think, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't believe I would be able to do it. Because if I, I, we, yeah, I can win, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I, anybody that asks, yes, I'm confident enough that I'm going to win, I'd say that. Mm-hmm. No problem. It's your idea that going in and putting structure around that ring. Oh, win. Like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to do this to him. I'm going mm, to okay. control the fight. I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be able to do that. It's that type of stuff that like, I would, would steer away from. I would, 
I wouldn't even bother putting myself in that situation because I know, I know what that a fight can just turn like mm-hmm. that. And why, why even like have that in me, in me? Why even have that in me vision that like mm-hmm. this is how I'm gonna go into that fight when I fought my best and in the actual time of it. Like I could see what I could see what he was gonna be doing next, or I could see which way he was fighting through the first round. So I was going off that type of way of thinking of when I was fighting, just going in on the fight on the day and judging it then instead mm-hmm. of going in with this idea that I'm going to be saying all this stuff out in the open that I'm going to go in here and just going to do this to mm-hmm. this fella um, so that be an example of like not having um, not using uh, the, the capability of me going in as a fighter I have all that but being able to go out and say it I wouldn't have the confidence to do it mm-hmm. another thing would be um, and I've only recently got over this is actually singing in front of people like mm-hmm. I, I'm currently now like learning how to sing but I my confidence to sing in front of somebody was just there was nothing there I was I'd shit myself like mm-hmm. um, and trying to use that analogy that like I can get in the ring and fight someone it just didn't apply yeah do you know what I mean it just didn't apply simply because I was out of my comfort zone mm. so I could have all the confidence in the world but if the um, if I'm out of my comfort zone it, none of that applies Mm. And it's a, a, and for me it was finding out why it doesn't why doesn't it apply why doesn't why can I put it against something that I can just say drive along with and just absolutely smash mm-hmm. where something as simple as singing I can't. Well, the singing thing is very interesting because and I still have yet to find out why. Well, I have my own understanding of it, but if there is a kind of like a, an, a psychological analogy to why it happens, but like when obviously when I was I, I was in a band so I spent nearly 10 years singing in front of thousands of people and I had like a confidence that you like that no one was able to match when mm. I was on stage and then if I was asked to sing in a room of like Oi. four people I would absolutely have a stroke <laughs> even when we were recording an album and we'd have a new producer we'd have mm. a new someone in that was going to play like the harp or something on a record and I'd have to sing over record and I would absolutely shit myself over it. I used to think it was fear of like, like, um, I, for me it was, um, imposter syndrome. I used to think that being in that close proximity with people, they'd hear me sing and they'd be like, she's yeah. actually shite. Okay. Um, so it was a confidence thing for me, but for you, do you, like, what would it, would it have been? Is it a shyness or is it <clears> a, a, that aspect of I'm not actually good enough? It's a, yeah, it's believing that I'm not good enough. Okay. And, I, I, I did discover like I'll, I, I know now when I'm in that uncomfortable situation what I'm actually doing because I know I'm, I'm not going to get anywhere by not actually facing it and yeah. that, that simply is like I'm basically self-sabotaging myself yeah that's so, how many conversations have we had on like, self-sabotage it's like and like discovering it discovering the reason why I'm not put mm. myself in uncomfortable positions is it's like the accountability of it facing up to it the fear of it and when you actually do put yourself in that situation that's yours now mm. and you have to own it and you have to like either proceed w- w- how far would you're gonna go with it or just like yeah I own that and do nothing with mm. it um, so learning that learning that little bit now my I may have to uh, now face those little things like mm-hmm. so um, I can actually now I'm starting to the likes of the singing now I've actually it's mad how I've gone into singing but it's um, just to use it as an example I'm able to now take a bit of that fighting aspect of it and say I got into the ring and I know why I got into the ring because I was confident and I had 
every ability in me, mm. mentally and physically, to get in that ring. And now it's about getting that comfortable with the singing mm-hmm. and saying, just go as strong mentally and physically with the singing that you can. And it's, well, now I'm not going to get anywhere without lessons, so I need lessons for yeah. starters. Um, and then you just apply that. I'm, I'm applying that to a lot of other areas as well. Mm-hmm. So when you look back at, on, on your fight career and you have that mindset, when you look back on, like, we'll say the glory days of, like, you know, winning the Irish title and mm. different things like that, like, what was the mindset then? Was it though? Was it in, in in brief moments of the preparation has been done, I feel great, you know, everything kind of leads you up to being able to get the win or was it just moments of you have a little bit more confidence, a little bit more self-belief, mm. you know, because I, I, I wouldn't be of the... the the thinking that it was a fluke do you know what I mean there was definitely something in the preparation that that got you there to win those titles well I had a see that's the thing it's funny when it's funny when you say these things because like the ability again go back to the thing the ability to just to sing is so hard for me yeah I have the confidence the utmost confidence in all my ability Mm. to get in the ring and win that Irish title um, and that was that was the like I said just getting changed in front of people it was, that mm. would, that's taking me out of my comfort zone and just switching that off for me I noticed that now nobody in the room would have noticed it, but I noticed that I just switched that off and then when I started hitting pads I also switched off the fact that like I know I'm hitting them wrong mm. but there's a focus on me that like I'm not going to get better mm-hmm. um, so to have that confidence going into every single fight lead up to that Irish title there was never a question of I never needed that like um anything special to happen. I just knew I needed to do the work. Mm-hmm. So I knew once I showed up for me training six days a week, put in the work and um showed up on the night. Now I'm a realist, so I know showing up on the night doesn't mean they're gonna have your best performance. Mm. But I know if times get tough during that performance the, the back the reassurance in my mind is I've done the work. Mm. So yeah, it's not going well for you right now. You've done the work, start noticing what you can do and start picking up during the fight. Um, so for me, the confidence was there with the fight, but it was just me making sure that I did the work mm-hmm. up to that fight. And if I did the work up to that fight, I didn't give a shit who was fighting. I didn't care what was going on. All in all, how long was it that you were professionally fighting? Seven and a half years. It's 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 a long period. of It's like a long chunk of your life, isn't it? Basically my 20s. Yeah, it's like a decade almost. Yeah. Basically, twenty started when I was twenty three. Mm-hmm. Ever any regrets? See, it's hard for me to um, with the fighting. Yeah. <laughs> um, loads of regrets outside the fighting. No, with the fighting. See, it's hard for me to say because I can't. I didn't fully understand myself. Mm. If I fully understood myself during the fighting career, and I did the fight, and I had the fighting career that I had. Today, or, yeah, I fully regret that whole career simply because I know how better I can be. And I never pushed for a fight because I wasn't confident enough to push for the fight. I never said to Dilla, I want to fight him. I never said to Dilla, make sure we get that fight off this person, let's get to that promotion. I never said any of that. I was like, it's in Dilla's hands, he can pick the fight. Well, not he picked the fight, but he can. He'd be the one sort of like saying, yeah, Paddy's there available. Not a kind of way. I wasn't, I wasn't, because I basically wasn't confident enough. But on mm. that level, it was that taking me out of that comfort zone and put me in that spotlight saying, Paddy's chasing this fight. I yeah. wasn't confident. That's, that was the regret I would have had if, um, if I understood myself back then. Because if, oh, under- yeah, if I understood what was holding me back and stuff like that, um, 
I would have been able to walk on it and mm. then I would have been able to face it and then eventually I would have got over it and then mm. a different type of level of confidence would have came out of me. It's very funny, isn't it? Because that 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 mentality and, and what you just said there is very similar to the thought process that people have at the kind of end of their days, mm. as it were, where they look back on their entire life. And I think that it's it's very lucky to be able to to be someone in your early 30s and to have that clarity on you know what not to do going forward and i suppose being more having an awareness a deeper Mm. awareness of who you are and and how you kind of tackle anything that you do in your life going forward you know um i was gonna say the the thing about it is about me not pushing myself forward up put me stepping out of my comfort zone and saying, Dilla, I want this fight, blah, blah, blah. Mm. The thing is, if Dilla came to me and goes, Paddy, we're fighting this person, we're going on to that promotion, I would have been like, okay. <laughs> Do you know what I'm Yeah. Look, it wasn't, I wasn't taking the responsibility of it. I was mm. leaving it to Dilla. So it's out of my hands, but if he decides we're going this way... There's I'm, the comfort. Look, There's the comfort, look, right? Yes, exactly. It's out of my hands. I don't have to take responsibility mm. of it. But if he tells me we're going on the road for the next six months, we're getting in four or five fights, mm. I don't give a shit if you're injured. I'd be like, all right, go on. We do it. Why do you want it? And you would have met the challenge, but it would, would have just been about your coach saying to you, exactly. let's go. Yeah, and... I had all the trust and belief in Dillon. Yeah. He he was the same with me. Like I, I could have literally said anything to him and he would have just said, yeah, sound. Can we talk about the moment in um, the documentary? Um, and for anyone who hasn't seen it, go to Fight Connect TV, type in Paddy Douglas on YouTube, you'll find us. Plug. Um, uh-huh. But uh, there was a moment where I was in your gym in, in, in Dublin Thai Boxing and... A diddler, Darren Dowd, all your coaches there, and we were talking about like you know the fights gone past and different things, and I I think I'm messing with you saying like you know will there be a comeback or you know go back in the ring la different things and and I think I can't remember what I asked Diddler but it was something about like you know talking about that time period and mm. and the time period where you actually decided to retire, and in all the years I've known him it was I've never seen him. Um, have such a genuine um, emotion on his face and he I could actually see the heartbreak in his eyes and I think I said that to you and I feel you know what I mean and he's got so many great up and coming fighters Lee Walton obviously would be is mm-hmm. you know a fantastic fighter and he's young and he, he's he's hungry for it but there was something about Diddler's face when we were speaking about you and when you retired that he he just looked heartbroken over um well Maybe, yeah, we cut, we cut it too short, like. Yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, I know that. But I know why I did it, you know. Um, we did cut it too short. And it it's that idea that, like, Jesus, we could have done a lot more. Yeah. You know, away. And, again, if I understood myself throughout the years of why I was not able to get into those mm. uncomfortable positions and really take a grasp, grab it with a scruff of the neck and go for it, um, we would have taken all those chances and mm. we would have, we would have, having a better career um, I don't re- I, I, you can't regret it because I didn't understand why I was mm. in that position or why I wasn't even thinking like that um, and Diddler he knows himself like he was Diddler was great years because he didn't he never put any pressure on me you know, mm. he never made me feel like I didn't he never made me feel that I had to do anything mm. you know what I mean he just he goes Paddy you, you know yourself and you you just come to me whenever <laughs> I never mm. actually went to him like you know what I mean it was always like yeah, it's a fight coming up, Grant. 
Yeah. Once you once you give you give uh, diddler fifty percent, you give you a hundred percent. You know yeah. what I mean? You give diddler ten percent, you give you a hundred percent. So it's it's very rare to find that quality in a coach these days. Ah, there's lunatics out there. Mm. Absolute lunatics out there running gyms. Um, and. <laughs> don't mention any names on this podcast now. <laughs> don't get me taken no, off no, the no. But it's, it, it, unfortunately, it, with the way it's going, <laughs> or the way it's gone, um, people are forgetting like, the, the, bare, the bare basics of what, what a coach is meant to do. Yes. Um, yeah. And then yeah. they're fucking... The, Even to the point of, how long am I doing for I connect now? Like five years. I'd say you've seen a change over the years. Yeah, and I still feel like I'm new in the game. I, mm. I go around all the time and I'm speaking to coaches and people who are in the game 10 years, 15, 20 years, and I'm asking them, what's it like? How's the chamber? All these questions, because I, I feel like I'm only in at a, a wet weekend. You know mm. what I mean? But I, I do see the changes. But saying that, in over five years of doing it, he won't give me an interview. He, and, he, <laughs> and I remember saying to him, he was like, it's not my place. I'm not meant to be in front of the camera. Mm. And it's a it's a blend of him being reserved and shy and different things. And mm. you know what I mean? Like, and, and Craig's coach, Carly, he's like that as well. You know, mm. Craig Coakley. Um, so there's all he's got. Uh, um, Paul um, from Origins. Uh, Paul Kelly. Paul Kelly, the coach there. From the... Coach at Origins. Paul Kelly, isn't it? From what, Jim? Origins. Bridgestone. Oh, Bridgestone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or was anyone who was Bridgestone? Sorry, that's how old that's. <laughs> what? Origins? Origins is the new name yeah, when yeah, 10 yeah. years, whatever. Paul, sorry, Paul Kelly. Um, uh, he's the same. He won't do an interview. He's like, it's not about me. I'm the coach. I'm in the background. So I, you don't need to be talking to me. And I'm like, no, I do because you you guys are the foundation, you mm. know, especially Paul because he, he everyone will say they started with him, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's a, a very admirable quality. It's a quality that you um, is rare these days, and it's something that I really want to um, uh, showcase on Fight Connect TV. Yeah. But it's I want to showcase it because of the humility and and the the um, the kind of privacy behind them. Yeah. So for the exact reasons why I want to showcase them, they won't do yeah, it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like gotcha, a thing. Yeah. But that's where you get them off. Uh, that's where you have the camera on the side and not in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If you can get the camera on the side, it could be a bit more comfortable. And trick them into a disclaimer or signing uh, off on a, 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 a I've often thought about that. Like, to <laughs> never do any martial arts. Or, like, I think I joined the football team for like two weeks or something when I was mm. younger. I never, did, I never did anything like that, really, like group sports. Thing. It was good at, it was always good at sports, but I was never on a football team or I was never in a club or anything like that. So for me to uh, walk into a club and fucking mm. get handed that and doubt all it's like you have to be really like you have to recognise that and be really grateful like, because yeah. I've seen it over the years and I'm like Jesus Christ man. these people should not be allowed to kids to a gym yeah. never mind training people yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. so I'm very lucky and every single person that comes into that gym says the exact mm. same thing do you, do, you, do you know like do you know how lucky they are didn't you have a um, uh, weren't you like one of the first to have like that specific like fighter strength and conditioning like regime uh, yeah um, I'd like to think it was because uh, I know after well I know at the time nobody was doing it um, and I know at the time five rounds in toy boxing was classed as like Jesus you're going to be in bits after yeah and five rounds for me was handy mm. Um uh, yeah, so that would have been with performance Harry Ireland, Steve yeah. Wineman. Um that was that was for me, that was basically my engine. Yeah. He didn't he didn't train me up to 
Um, was it you that went to him? Were you like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a professional fighter? No, nah, Diddler, Diddler was training there with his gym at the time. Oh, and okay, right. Because of that, like, Diddler got us all down one day uh, to him. Like, I think we were there for two hours or something. He was giving us a, like, a, what's it called, a workshop. Yeah. And uh, again, weights, anything like that, not a brace. So we walked in and he's putting on a workshop for us and I opened up our eyes a little. Like, he got us to do like, some hard cardio stuff, mm-hmm. like, on the airline and... Look, even Bobby's never knew what a Bobby yeah. was. You will, you love a Bobby now, that's Bobby. for now, you, sure. You, you can give me as many Bobby's you want, I'm handy for them. Um, <laughs> they were drilled into me. Um, so for him to come on board then, like, so the training aspect with the to- with the toy boxing was always there. Yeah. And you always had a general fitness and you were fit. You're like, you you were really fit. But mm-hmm. then to have that aspect of like a strength conditioning coach who is, who actually is so dedicated to it that he just didn't give me the standard, um, Oh yeah, strength conditioning. He studied, went off and studied toy boxing. Mm. What muscles is mainly used? What wow. isn't least used? Um, how the rounds go in time, like the how no championship rounds and all. Yeah. Like he, he, first thing he goes to me, it's man, how you use fight, isn't it? It's like it's really slow at the start, but like come the end of it, it's like he's like killing these rounds. Yeah. It's like why don't you just go out the fourth round and try and kill him? It's like, yeah. Well, it's yeah. not. It doesn't go like that. Yeah. Um. So he. He was based. My whole fight camp would be based off five rounds of fighting. Mm. Like you want to see my last. Like before, don't we won't include the table down week before the fight. But like that last week was just excruciating. But it got me to five rounds. Like what's happening? What's going on? You're looking at three minutes on an airdoing, and you're, yeah. you're, you're keeping it at it. Like if anybody knows what an airdoing is, like you're keeping it at a strong, strong pace. And it's not like ah, oh, three minutes was floating on it. Yeah, like, yeah. Three minutes with your so heart. This is the one where you're psych. It's like on the bike yeah, wheel yeah. thing, and then you're moving your hands back and forth. Yeah. So you'd be three minutes. Just give an example. We call it, we used to call it Widow Wednesday. Like, <laughs> Widow Wednesday for me was like death. So like you'd be on the row for three minutes. Yeah. Uh, you'd get up. You'd have the uh, dumbbells. You'd have the lunges. You'd have the uh, bobies, and you'd have the ring pull-ups, and then you get back on the uh, air, uh, row again for three minutes, mm-hmm. um, and then you finish off again with the same thing. So it'd be the bobies, the the um, thrusters and stuff like that like to be another so that'd be one chunk of a workout done and then you'd have like four or five minutes break mm-hmm. and then you'd be on the airline for three minutes then you'd do uh, Pacific um, free dumbbell weights mm-hmm. exercise and you'd be back on the airline and then the free dumbbell weights or, weight, or, or some sort of weight training and that's one round and you have three rounds of that mm-hmm. so you can think you can, you can add up three rounds of that on a Wednesday after doing two hours of toy boxing so the this this on top week, of your weight cut on top of the weight cut as well yeah so you're looking at like that for, and he based that on like I just think I was straight into that like the very first the very first just for this just as an example that very first Wednesday of the very first week of fight camp would be only like 30 45 seconds on the other one it started like that now this is just a Wednesday yeah you're not <laughs> I'm not including the, the five other days that I have to train Um so that Wednesday would just to give you an example that Wednesday would build up uh, time and weight wise mm-hmm. it'd build up and then it'd hit its max two weeks before the um, fight like or two weeks before the last week or a week before the last week and it'd be, it'd be basically neck up to your neck mm. in like the highest tempo you can go at yeah well I couldn't wait and well like, which is why any fighter that I speak to like post fight interview after they won is like this was the easy bit getting in there and doing that's the fun part that's the bit where it's like all the hard work is done mm. and now you just get to have a buzz yeah because you've killed yourself for eight weeks ten weeks if six you did weeks, it right yeah it if you did it right because 
the, the, it can be a very hard fight if you don't do it right. Yeah. I just know that strength conditioning for me was wasn't just general tra- mm-hmm. strength conditioning because I still have the programs at home and I'd say, I do look at them and I say, yes, I must go in there and give that another crack. <laughs> just looking at them. Just to, see, just to go back <laughs> over uh, how I really felt. And I say, if I did, I, I'd give it a go bash now simply because of mm-hmm. that mind frame. Like that mind frame that I took from that was just like still, you can't, yeah. you can't get that from going from a general gym. You, you build this mind frame up because... Yeah you're at your weakest strength-wise mm. because the weight cut. And you're also coming up to a fight. You're not doing this for leisure. Like you're... So to have that, to have everything going against you for, and you shouldn't be able to have these peak performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like something goes on in the brain. Yeah, that, 100%. That like, if you you feel terrible when you have a bad day. Mm-hmm. And that bad day might be, oh, I'm, I'm fucking two cal- calories off the top mark. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not because, not because it's like you did completely shit. How do you, how do you, when you, when you did retire, decide to retire then, how do you let that side of you pass or die to an extent? Or do you? Like, that's what I wonder. It's like to, to be a professional fighter, to be the best in your league, mm. um, you have to have a certain degree of competition, probably unhealthy competition. Would you agree? Within yourself, right? Yeah. Well, you, well, you, you want to be the best, don't you? You're, you're going out there to, you're getting in a ring to prove a point to say, I'm better than you. I'm going to show everyone here tonight that I'm better than you and I'm going to win. And what I'm so asking is like... So when it's gone, like, do you... Did you see that clip of Mike Tyson last week when he's talking about missing his, the old him? Uh, no, it's incredible. It's a clip from a podcast, and he's basically talking about. I'm paraphrasing now, don't, 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 so don't be like, don't at me. That's not what he said. Mm. Uh, but um, basically, he was saying, you know, that he misses the old him. In what way? Because he had to put Mike Tyson, the fighter, to bed because of how vicious he was, mm. you know, like in terms of the mentality. And that sometimes he misses hit the, the old him, but he he is happy that he's not around anymore and that he can't basically, he couldn't invite old Mike Tyson back into his life now because there'd be no place for him. Jesus, no. So I must send it to you. It's very intense, but, but, but he captures the essence of a fighter very well, I, I thought. Yeah, but when he says, oh, I haven't seen it, so I kind of think, like, if he says he misses him, it, I don't think he misses the whole fact that, like, he's a, uh, he needs him in his life. It's probably that. It, yeah. It's probably mm-hmm. the fact that he's, like, he's, what, 50-odd now, was he? Yeah. And he could be in that sense that he misses that he misses his youth, he misses his um, ability that he had in life, mm. he, his shape that he was in. Like, you could look at it in that sense. Um, for me, um, where does it go? Um, I could just say that like I know the ability that I have in myself. So on that fighting aspect of it went, I was lucky enough that I could still train and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I put that into other places. In, and that was like going to a CrossFit build, going to join in the gym where they could mm-hmm. get pushed to those levels. Not against someone, but like when those CrossFit, those CrossFit workouts would put anybody on their mm-hmm. back in a heap. And mm-hmm. to, to be able to know that there's a place like that for me, grant, I can yeah. go there. And that's what, that's basically where I put the energy. Mm-hmm. Apart from having an absolute blowout for nearly two years after. <laughs> <laughs> Which is needed, which is hell. Uh, you have it was to. Like, you spent seven and a half years in a fight camp, you know what I mean? Like, you have to have an L. Oh, you always uh, <laughs> And it's gas, it is. It's gas, because, like, when I look back and you say, I was like, Jesus, man, I was like a robot. Yeah. I was a robot. 
like there's there was no getting past that like mm. there was literally i was on i was on default mode there was no getting past that you could not get past that so that i had for that fighting and it was a robot mode mine mm. like no it was like it wasn't happening <laughs> i don't give a rat what's happening <laughs> you're not getting you're not getting past this mindset yeah and then when when that got knocked on the head that that blowout was amazing. That was dead. Yeah. It was like, it, it switched me off. I'm going to say a blowout. It, it was just a... Hookers, it, cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Heroin and bleeding. Um, no, it, no, when I say uh, the blowout, I mean that it could just literally switch off from it all. And I was just yeah. like, ah, oh, freedom. Mm. And I don't, I don't, I didn't have to care about it. But then obviously that brought on a whole load of other shit that I wasn't dealing with. <laughs> so, it was a problem. It was a, it, was a, it was a lesson. Yeah, it's all, it's all lessons, isn't it? 100%. But how did, um, let's get kind of uh, fast forward to sort of like where we are now. In terms of like, would I be right in thinking that the the mindset that you have, your um, ideology and understanding of life and mm. the world and the universe and different things has massively shifted since that time? Yeah, so... What I was saying, they're always a robot. So can you imagine like having that one set life, tunnel vision, and then literally that's gone. Yeah. So it was we more or less started over again. Mm. And the if we tried to do it, we're out. If we tried to do it on that mindset that I'm a robot and it has to walk in, everything has to be in its place and it has to everything has to be perfect. If I tried to do it, I would have a probably a nervous breakdown because mm. life none of that happens. Yeah. So when I knock the point on the head. I, I basically stopped caring of like which way everything is meant to be and which way everything is going but then that only lasts for so long and then you have to stay saying like, oh, it's time to fucking clean up my act clean, time to get your shit together mm-hmm. and uh, I just start ticking off the boxes right what has to go what, what can stay where am I at what am I doing should I be going out this long should I be staying out those nights those simplest things they were the simplest things that went forced and then yeah. Other things starts creeping in then like really so how can apart from physically make me uh self better, how can I mentally make myself better? Mm-hmm. Um so yield shift happened. We'll fast forward even for like for me it was mid last year to uh for the biggest shift shift that happened to me and that was the fact that like I was able to see I was able to look at other people and have empathy for them. Because mm. I felt like I had a lot of hard shit going on in my life. Mm-hmm. And to actually say, it's not the people that's putting this on me. They may be in my life, but where did they come from? What's going on with them? I was able to have empathy for them, which, mm. made, which made me understand me a little bit better. Because if I'm going through shit, they're going through shit. Mm. So when all this stuff started happening with me, I just started seeing things differently. And mm. um, when I start seeing things differently, and to use the word perspective, when I start seeing things in a uh, different perspective, like a lot of things became easier. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it just became easier for me. So I was able to make better decisions mm-hmm. on that. Um, and just distance myself from stuff that was great, but it just didn't need it in my life. Um, distance from uh, stop looking for validation from people that actually don't benefit me life. Um, wow, that's a big one. Yeah, look, it, these look. It was literally like a list that I had in front of myself. Without, like you could call it a list that I had in front of myself because mm-hmm. like when I got through one thing, something else popped up. I was like, Jesus, right? I have to look into that. And then another thing popped up. Mm-hmm. I was like, we're gonna have to look into that. And uh, things that and like 
<laughs> but there's a level of self-awareness to that, which is kind of what I'm trying to um, scratch at, I suppose, mm. is that being able to sit back and say, OK, now I, th- I need to make some changes in my life and where do I start and putting the list together, uh, so to speak. You know, I'm interested in what leads you to that point and, and, and why I'm asking is for the listener who recognizes that something is not right Mm. but how to take the steps to taking the accountability to be self-aware and to um start a journey of kind of uh, bettering the self i suppose well nothing first of all everything starts with yourself like Mm -hmm. it it literally does it's people don't look you could say oh but they're giving me a hard time or i'm getting to have a hate me job or um nothing's going to happen overnight mm-hmm. you have to give yourself a break um you have to realize that like if i start working on myself today where am i going to be in three months when i going to be in six months when i going to be in a year if i do nothing today where am i going to be in three months six months 12 months like mm-hmm. you you start working on yourself small by recognizing right where what's shitting me life at the minute and mm-hmm. then where am i putting my energy um who is actually benefiting the be in my life mm-hmm. where am i getting influence from um you, you, you have to sit down with yourself and ask yourself these questions and that's and the start that's the hardest part well that's the start of it mm. that, that a lot of people have a very hard time with actually sitting sitting with their own thoughts like acknowledging um, and you all like it's easy for me to say this but um, so that's why I keep the money so I was very lucky that I grew up in a family where I could be expressive in a way mm-hmm. that like if I was feeling like shit I could just say it to me bro I say it to my sister mm-hmm. I'm very grateful that I have friends around me that like they know if I was uh, off or anything mm-hmm. like that then there's other people like that's why I'm so grateful like I'm really am grateful that like just to have people like that in my life that were like when I was feeling like shit I could just go to them or even just be in the room and when they ask they know straight away there's something wrong yeah. I don't even have to say anything mm-hmm. there's people out there that don't have that and like, there's people like yeah. have nobody they walk in that apartment and that's all they have mm. or if they're lucky to have an apartment they could be in their parents house and actually hate life you mm-hmm. know what I mean so for them for me to turn around and say well it starts with yourself and you have to sit down with yourself is like well it's easy for you to say mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just people in that position hopefully the hopefully they know that it's there for them because mm. it, the hard part is actually for them to realise that like Jesus this is actually there for me and like it can't actually get better if they start looking in start looking towards something more positive than mm-hmm. just me fucking feeling down on myself it's just it's um, it's very hard for people in that position to look at it like that though mm-hmm. and they can listen to all the funny enough but funny enough if they are listening to all the podcasts and all those positive um people if they are listening to that obviously something's gonna gonna get through them eventually but again i always nail it back down to the like the lowest form of how bad it can it be mm. it can be really bad for people that they don't even have a phone to listen to mm. they don't even have an internet connection like mm-hmm. they listen to these podcasts so um i just f- find myself very big just be i'm just really grateful that i can actually have those conversations I think if you find yourself in a constant state of gratitude, it's very hard to um, move outside that and to um, to stay to stay. um, What I'm trying to say, 
you know, w- w- when life happens outside mm. of that state of gratitude, it's kind of difficult to focus on the negative once you just, you know, take the positive. Like, if it, I remember when I had my own, like, change in mentality and when I started jiu-jitsu and things like that. And I remember reading, you know, about it being in a consistent state of, of gratitude. So anything, for, for about... 12 weeks I spent like every day no matter anything that happened that even if it was something so stupid that like, my coffee order was wrong mm. I would just take whatever gratitude I could find out of that moment and be like okay that happened but I'm grateful that that happened because or and just find the gratitude in absolutely everything and you're grateful that you can pay for it what? you're grateful that you can actually pay for the coffee yeah shit like that yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that do you know what I mean and then when you do that you're like yeah fucking life is good look look how like and i i listen i slip into like such i can get very negative you Mm. know people think i'm like this just consistently positive person but i can slip into negative mindset and i have to pull myself out of it and be like okay lydia so things aren't going as you had hoped for 2020 or whatever Mm. it is and for your own goals you want to be here and you're a little bit not there yet but then I have to sit back and go like, you know, I'm I'm relatively free in terms of having had made the choices to live a life that I want to live. Yeah. And, you know, um, I feel like I'm chasing my purpose. Yeah. Which, you know, I love to talk about purpose. Yeah, 100%. And where we're at in life. So in terms of your purpose, now it's starting, have finding this sort of like breathing cold water like this sort of new zest for um a different aspect of life i suppose do you feel that your the the thai boxing career the professional fighting career the you know um personal you know life issues life i suppose um have all led you to a place now of getting onto the track of life purpose yeah 100 percent like there's no way I'd be in this position now with like two and a half years ago, three years ago. Um, mm-hmm. So what I mean is, do you think all roads have led you here and everything that has happened in your life has led you, has happened to you to uh, create the version of yourself that you are today? See, does this do, well, we, we, we go on to a few sides of that. So, yeah, it has, right? Mm-hmm. It has. Led, like Everything that's that happened to me up to this point has led me onto this path. Mm-hmm. But then the other side of it is, I had to choose, I had to choose this path. You know what I'm going to be? Yes. So, I'm only here because of me. Yes, yes, very good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. So, yeah. I could Brilliant. have gone any other way mm-hmm. and this is the way I chose. Um, but, it's like those options come up mm. when these fucking aspects of your life happen crossroads yeah. when these like it's like the options come up of like which way you're gonna go now yeah like it's you who makes that decision at the mm. end of the day um so i have myself here but like oh, the options came up for me to mm-hmm. be here would i be here if those options uh didn't come up would i have like found it in this one narrow road that i was on would i have mm-hmm. uh looked outside the box i don't think i would have Mm-hmm. because that was the mind frame I was in I don't think I would have um, and knowing me and knowing the person that I am I would have had a lot more regrets yeah <laughs> um, just just in the past I can just tell you now in the since say from the age of two, two, 
it's from the age of 30, a lot of things have happened in my life. And um, in those two, in those, I don't even know what age I am. I'm you're 33. Am I? Only I'm thinking, I'm a 32. No, you're 32. You were 32 in November. October. October, sorry, sorry. Oh, so that's what I was thinking. Am I 32 going on 23? Am I 23 going on 24? Fucking, but anyway. You're just gone 32. 32. Ah, he's only a normal idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would say that at 35, fuck's sake. But, uh, Paddy is a Scorpio for anyone uh, wondering. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. No, we won't. <laughs> You'll be here all night then. Uh, no, but, uh, yeah, so I can just say, like, over the three years, right? Yeah. Those things that happened in the three years, me making those decisions and what I wanted to do in my life over those three years, like, they would have been the biggest regrets in my life if mm. I didn't take them. Yeah. Like if, if those options came up in the my life and I didn't take them, mm. like I can already say they the biggest they would have been the biggest regrets because they just have me here. Like I'm again going back to the whole analogy thing, like I've um, I feel like I feel like I'm on my fifth life, if you want to just put it yeah. that way. I'll just break it down. So from the age from when I was born up to the age of eighteen, from eighteen to twenty three, from twenty three up to thirty, from thirty to thirty three. Mm-hmm. Now like I feel like I'm starting my fifth life right now. Because mm. It just I could break every uh, every section down of what I was in that section, like mm-hmm. based in those brackets of age brackets. I could break the person down that I was. But so when I look back, when the time I was eighteen, like, I, I, I wouldn't recognise that person if mm. if that eighteen year old Paddy walks in the room, sits down there in front of me. I'd love to have a conversation with him because I wouldn't have a yeah. clear what come out of his mouth. Mm. Same with the twenty three year old. Same with that toy box. I like to have that toy box sitting here beside me, like that fucking mental absolute robot sitting there in front of me like that's a gas way to, that's a gas thing right if you look at like that all those kind of like pinnacle points in anyone's life or for anyone to self-reflect mm. and to sit all those versions of yourself around the table like imagine you as you are now as a child as a teen and then like we'll say Paddy who's about to go out and fight or who's just won an Irish title like yeah. sit him down in his tie shorts sweat rolling him and put all these people around the table and look just look and listen like yeah, that's what, and the, the, the easiest way for me to break it down was like that that life cycle of what I'm on so I'm on my fifth one now and yeah like to have those people in front of me it'll be like I'd love to have a, mm. a deep conversation with them. I, I reckon we'd be all on the sort of similar same level but yeah. like jeez our opinions would be so like so defining like you'd, you'd see that 18 year old sticking out like a mile away mm. you'd see that toy box sticking out a mile away you'd see that fucking that 23 year old bleeding on the session sticking out he wouldn't give a bollocks what's being said you know what I mean <laughs> he won't be bringing in the zero zeros in <laughs> here that's for sure in the zero zeros. I know that uh, uh, do you believe in reincarnation do I believe in that <sighs> do I believe in it nah I don't know to be honest Honestly, well, I, do you do you believe in soul purpose? Like do you like one of my favorite um pieces that I ever read was the theory that we are souls experiencing a human uh, experience and that um we've all been here before many times before mm. and that you get the opportunity to be I suppose reborn. Again, um, and until you learn the lessons that you need to be learned when you come here. So the theory is that you choose your parents, that um, everything that has happened to you in your life in terms of what's hurt you, what's made you happy, love, the whole lot um, has been set upon you for you to learn from. 
And it's one of my favourite theories. And it brings me a lot of comfort, especially when I'm having an argument with my ma. <laughs> so you believe that like, you've chose all this? Yeah, it's the theory that when a child is born, they've chosen their parents. The soul has has chosen the parents to um, be born in and to learn a, a particular lesson. There's a lot of things there you could say. Like, So why did the soul pick two junkie parents? To learn the lesson. There's, there's a lesson in it. Okay. Yeah. So it's, I don't know uh, about that, to be honest. And there's a theory that, you know, um, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's what, listen, it's wild, right? It's a wild mm. theory. And I'm probably not doing it enough justice, but I'm, I'm all open for wild theories. I love wild theories. Yeah. You just get into the conversation on game for it. So, yeah. And it's not, I don't, I don't read these things and be like, this is it. This is exactly what it is. It's, it's a theory. It's an, it's a, like, I feel that I'm here to learn and to, um, listen to everyone's stories mm. and and you know um but that's that's great saying that but i don't think uh look who, who actually came up with that i can't remember his name i wish my brother was here now because he actually we talk about it all the time he, he'd know all the info so, so that's grand but maybe that person who made it up had uh, a life of lessons and he was trying to justify the life yeah, that he had exactly mm. uh, exactly exactly is but also um from the basis of, we'll say, uh, reincarnation, past life regressional therapies. I remember I told you before I'd done my past life regressional therapy. And I was. Was it a drink when you told me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't remember a thing. <laughs> You're going to have to repeat that conversation. <laughs> well, I was telling you that. Um, uh, I done, I went, I, I got this regressional therapy done and you go under and the therapist brings you on the three stages of your life journey. Um, and the first one is you go, you go back to um, a, a fetus. Mm. So you actually regress into being a fetus in your mother's womb. And you can, it's, it's the weirdest thing I have ever experienced because you actually are aware that you're in a womb. Like you feel like you're in a womb and you can hear. I remember I could hear all these different things like that from a, um, a male energy and a female energy. And then when I came out of it, I was told like that is basically what your your fetus was surrounded by and the things that you soaked in around that time of being all in right. the womb are what you came back to it. And then you go again and you go into uh, a past life. And I went into this past life and it sounds so absolutely fucking mental. But I was a horse, right? Mm -hmm. And I was a horse in um, this like tropical rainforest, like a field thing. I can remember it's clear. It's actually as if I was there last week and I couldn't I couldn't make out what I was right I could just see this man in like tribal outfits or whatever right and he's looking at me and I could see a rope and I couldn't understand why the rope was attached to me and I, I can remember looking down and I could just see the rope and I remember trying to look from left to right and I couldn't see out either side so the blinkers on I had blinkers on Right, I had blinkers on and I was attached I had the reins and everything he was holding the reins in the forest and then I regressed again and I was lying on a wooden floor and there was an old man on a bed with long grey hair and there was like this like um, a, 
a, a knitted quilt. I can remember exactly how it looked. And I could hear the footsteps of someone walking outside. It was like a log cabin. Mm. And um, I could hear like the talking of men. And then they came in and I could just see feet. And then I, I there was nothing said, but my awareness in that moment was that I was a dog and the man in the bed was my owner and he was on his final, he was on his deathbed. And then I came out and I... So you went from a horse to a dog? From a horse to a dog. And uh, from, a, from a fetus to a horse to a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I remember coming out to it and I, like, literally, they, they have, the therapist has to sit with you for an hour to, to like, basically talk you back into, um, like, current, your real life or whatever. But ever since I got that done, and I got that done before I, this is when I was in a very dark place and I was looking mm. for, I was so desperate for any type of answer. And I don't even know why I ended up in there. I think I went there by mistake. I thought it was something different. Um, and that led me on to like a mad little journey into like self-exploration and the yeah, mind yeah. And, and different things. So what was the, ever since then you were going to say, ever since you got that done, what were you going to say? Ever since then it's led me onto a quest of understanding of of trying to understand or get some kind of clarity on who am I, why I'm here, and oh. um, how did I get here? Um, I just believe that there's something bigger. There's something way mm. bigger than us, and there's something that connects us way more than we believe. Um, and it's just understanding. And most of what I I understand or what I believe or what I I have read. Could all be bullshit. I might know nothing. None of us might know anything. But make, look, the way I look at those things, like, does it make it a better person? That's the way you have to look at it. If, if someone, yeah. if someone thinks that it doesn't matter, look, if if whatever you're doing is making you a better person for people around you and yourself, mm. well then, by all means, absolutely run away with it. Mm-hmm. Do what you feel is good for you. Mm-hmm. If, so if that's making you be a better person or understand you better, making you sleep easier at night, happy days. Mm. So be a fetus, a dog, a horse, <laughs> a cat, be wherever you want to be. <laughs> Honestly, like, be, like, if it's making you... It's very much Honestly, woof, woof. That's why, that's why, that's why yeah, I, love, I love the whole idea that people, like, you're, you're able to talk like that. It's grand. Walk away with it. It makes you happy. Imagine you're not being able oh, yeah, to... Yeah, sure. I forgot I was on a podcast here for a second. Like, yeah, but... I'm like, going to get me sectioned. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, imagine you're not being able to talk like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I... I geek off this type of shit. Like this, I love wild conversations mm, about cool. shit like this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's this is what this is why I love doing this. Is I get yeah. an opportunity to talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And to find someone that is willing to listen and yeah. to go, that's a deadly theory, and not sit there and say you're nuts yeah. or what are you talking about. That's oh, oh, the most oh, important oh, part for being me. Being open to all that stuff, you don't have to believe in it or not. Look, I'm open to all that simply because the person who's telling me is like like loving life telling me. it's like yeah. this is deadly they could be mm. telling me about they're at the doing like they did a 12 foot surf and they're loving the waves blah 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 it could be the same thing yeah. I, I was in my room meditating and I seen the bleeding gear and the whole lot in front of me and the sun the moon and the stars and like it would be the mm. same way like that's brilliant yeah you're loving life you're explaining what you're going through and it's deadly yeah and they're causing no harm to no one. So. Yeah, and you're looking for more than just like... I was out the weekend, 
got fucked yeah. up. Oh, when you tell you about my boss, what you bought done, <laughs> like, oh, I can't believe we to go in there tomorrow. I'm like, oh, are we wasting oxygen on this? Like, yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah. about, like, yeah, yeah. reincarnation and, like, oh, oh, my, the my, sun. My, <laughs> reincarnation <laughs> and the sun, yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, <laughs> but the idea that, like, you're shut off completely to that and you're not even yeah. open to have the conversation. Like, if someone, again, if you were explaining that to someone else and you were just like, oh, lady, shut the fuck up, man. Yeah, many have. Let's, let's well, my voice, don't, don't waste energy on people like that. <laughs> don't waste energy. Like you, what do I lo- hear a lovely saying that was uh, from Johnny Bang Riley? Uh, focus on the area of influence rather than the area of concern. Yeah, like, You know what I mean? That's just me. I, mm. I, when I heard that, I was like, right, ah, lovely. Mm. Like, a lot of people could be using that example today um, on yeah. everything they do in life. Just everybody knows where the focus is at what's your what, in that phone yeah absolutely what's your favourite uh, well your phone thing actually did I talk no it was on the Elaine show I was talking about because um, we were talking about social media and phones and mm. when I was on they were like Lydia you're big on social media how would you cope without your phone and I was saying well actually I've given up my phone because remember you had challenged me to get a Nokia yes and I lasted probably about a week and a half but it was a good <laughs> effort <laughs> <laughs> it was just and I literally couldn't use it because it was impractical I was literally like people were ringing me or I was getting my phone on the weekend or whatever and people would be like mm. uh, you haven't answered my call in like four days what's going on I'm like oh yeah I'm using this little Nokia thing I don't know how to text on it so Jesus. <laughs> best of luck but um, you're very strict with your own social media in terms of like Monday to Friday you're not online yeah I've, yeah social media for me is uh, I'd like to think that we have control of it Mm-hmm. Especially with my phone. Uh, so, yeah, I've deleted Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, deleted them all completely. None of this, ah, oh, logged off, can log back on. Yeah. Like, they're completely <laughs> gone. <laughs> Even if I tried to log in, it's, it, gone. it's gone. Yeah. And I'm so happy I did that. Um, and then, yeah, when it comes to, and this is for me, this is all about me doing it and my own mind frame and how I can bet on my life. And one of the ways, like that list in front of me what's causing shit in my life social media one of them yeah. F- smartphone the second one was like right how can I sort this out what can I do to better my life mm-hmm. um, again bring it back to being grateful that I'm aware of all this and I'm grateful that I'm actually able to do it like again I'll bring it back to the bare bones I'm grateful that I have a phone that I can do this on so yeah. um, so that's like looking at that I was like that was the thing get rid of the smartphone how do I get rid of the smartphone mm. oh, okay I have to go back to Nokia Loved getting the Nokia. Um, and having Championship a... rounds on Snake. Yeah, but it's, it's gone even better. Like, it's, 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 my life has... Take all the other positive stuff that I'm doing in my life and I'm trying to better for myself. Like, the biggest thing, the biggest aspect was the phone that once I got rid of that, my distraction level of where I was putting my energy had to go into myself. Yeah. It couldn't go anywhere else because I hadn't got the phone. And when I hadn't got that smartphone, like my brain just blew up. Talk about when you like people don't think anymore. You, yeah. you may think people, you may think you think, but you don't. When you no. haven't got a smartphone, or you haven't got access to uh, social media, like your brain goes on mm. overdrive, and it, it'd be like that for at least three or four months, really, because your brain hasn't been. Your brain is basically shut down. Like, the neurons in our brain are not mm-hmm. getting used at all when you have a smartphone. Not one bit. Mm. When you get rid of the smartphone and the, the distractions, your brain starts like, whoa, we have a bit of life back well, in here. Th- th- I can't study. I can't study. Well, I could never study. Found no, on I, phone. I'm try- I've, been try- are you- I've been trying to pass my driving theory test for three years. I cannot pass it. Right. So I can't study. Really, really quick, just 
the first thing you, you want to study is how your brain works. So yeah. uh, learn about your subconscious as an adult and find out how you can actually get stuff into your subconscious mind. And that is true repetition. That's it. Or um, just before you go to bed. Sounds really exhausting. You're at the being talking about cats and bleeding. <laughs> fucking reincarnation there. <laughs> I, 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 there you go. There's a reason there why you can't pass it. It sounds yeah. exhausting. There's a, there, that is your That's subconscious. That's my subconscious. There you go. Yes, I know. Coming yeah. out into the conscious mind there. No, I, I tell you why I haven't passed it. I'm afraid of failure. I'm, a, I'm afraid of success. You what? I'm afraid of success. You're afraid of success. I'm afraid of success. That is why I have not passed my driving theory test because I am afraid oh, that if you're I a can of worms here. that if I study and I pass the bleeding test, that when I get there I will have achieved something that I didn't think I could have done, and because I am a product of self sabotage, I will not let myself do that. Oh, Lily, you're lucky. This is a this, you're lucky. You're in charge of this podcast. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's all we have time for good night and god bless you're afraid of success yeah Re- say that again I'm afraid of success Grant not just that doesn't just believe me that does not just apply to your uh, driving theory test <laughs> I no, get no, no, that no, no, no. <laughs> so just be very careful when you're saying that it's, I'm telling you it's my it's my subconscious I know it it actually applies in every aspect of my life Yes. And it's to do with, and I know, listen, I have spent that much money on therapy. I know, I know. But this is my thing. What is the point of being self-aware of our shortcomings and things that need to change if we can't change them? So that's where I'm at in my life. I'm recognizing the, the, the fear of success. Well, you can change them. And that's true. You can, but I just don't have the tools as of yet. Well, you have, have, you have your brain. Yeah, well, I need to, I, 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 I'm on, there's a, it's a part of my brain that is yet to be unlocked, mm. put it that way. Well, use our, uh, use our driving theory test as, yeah, stepping stone for success. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, like, you, if you need to get that out of the way. I know. Why are we talking? Look, it's switched now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this always happens, actually, doesn't it? That's why I got the zeros, zeros. <laughs> Set the mute. Thank you the for placebo taking the effect. time to bring me onto your podcast. <laughs> yeah. Actually, for a second there, I felt like my dad was giving me a telling off. And, uh, <laughs> right, I'll tell you one thing. I'm very, I'm very, uh, it's easy for me again to give yeah. all that back onto someone else. But when it's coming turning yeah. around me, I'm like, whoa. Um, so, so back onto me again, the list, where's my shit? Where's my life at the moment? Mm. What feels shit for me? So one of the biggest things for me was that whole idea of like, I know how good I am. I know I can succeed. I know I can do all these things, get into the ring, fight. I mm. know like I walked into IBM, never had an office job in my life, walked in there, got an office job, be there five mm-hmm. years now. Straight off the site, so I walked in, had that confidence going in there, but why can't I, there's a part of me that like says, why can't I do this bit in life? Why can't mm. I be that big person that I know I can be? And um, the face that I had to accept that like oh, look it took me ages now to realise this and I went and got if anybody doesn't know what it is so okay it works with your subconscious uh, mind is basically sending messages to your subconscious uh, consciously sending messages to your subconscious and um, I got I got worked on on that and through getting that worked on um, I was able to admit to myself that I wasn't good enough I, f- I wasn't good enough 
I, I felt like I wasn't good enough. I mm. felt like I hadn't got the confidence. Uh, I didn't want to take the accountability. I didn't want to own the actual fact that like I was succeeding at something. Mm-hmm. That means I'd have to take the full responsibility and keep driving it as a success. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was avoiding all those uh, things by just suppressing them, basically, and staying in that comfort zone. Comfort zone for me, getting in the ring. Not comfort zone for me, singing. Mm. Now I'm able to like recognise the reasons why I can't sing in front of people um, it's because it's out of my comfort zone and it's that was not accepting it not able to accept it afraid of it um, not confident enough and having to, having to own it getting the psych sessions opened up a whole door for me and I actually challenge it now like when I feel that uncomfortableness mm-hmm. I say to myself right I can have an option now either self-sabotage myself or take that little small step no one has to jump you don't have to like grab it with both hands you just have to take a step to recognise I'm going to challenge this mm-hmm. and that's basically where I'm at and um, the point of that is, is uh, facing it and being able to face it um, is walking in the subconscious mind and for me that's the biggest game changer that's what I said to you when you said mm. you don't know how you're going to pass it it's taking me three years to do the test it's mm. like just learn the subconscious mind of how, how does it work it's basically as an adult walking on true mm. repetition I'm learning the guitar like when I can't get something on the car, I don't get frustrated. I'm just saying, grand, I've learned enough to mm-hmm. know that that's going to set into my mind. Tomorrow I'm going to pick it back up again. And that little bit that I learned yesterday is going to be in in the mind better. Mm-hmm. That like the subconscious mind is just going to be just bouncing off the cards. And then when it comes to um, singing, same thing again, trying to hit hit those notes. It's like, my body doesn't know how to hit the mm-hmm. notes. Constantly learning on it. The, the muscle memory, they call it, on the voice, on the vocals, like, that's going to know eventually through that practice. Exact same with the confidence on the mind. So it's all going to step lining up in play through repetition. And that's the biggest thing I've learned. In okay, I'm going home to do the theory test. You've, you've sold me. I'm going to do it. No, there we go. <laughs> honestly, you just need to recognise that. Like, well, first of all, you know why you're not passing it because you just admitted it. Yeah, I mean, that's a D. That's the, that's the, like, at the hidden in the back. The real reason why I haven't passed it is because I'm not, applying myself to study but why am I not taking the time when I can spend like two hours on the internet on my phone mm-hmm. like you know designing a fucking podcast cover or something <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah and then but, but again it's easy for me to say because I took the time out of my way to do that and, yeah. and one of the reasons why I was able to do that is because I got rid of my phone so mm. yeah so well, social media is uh, for me the I could speak about it all night is the it's the it's the biggest false safety net anybody has in their life. And as soon as that safety net is gone, the, oh, the panic, um, because your mind thinks, and you have nowhere to, uh, if you haven't got that smartphone, you have nowhere to, uh, you have nowhere to go. Yeah. And if that just means by texting your mates about how did you go on the weekend mm-hmm. to avoid what you're thinking, um, you'll do it. And when you haven't got that, that's when you start facing yourself. And since doing that, uh, I've came out with my skin big time. And, I've had to face a lot of stuff just by not having my phone. It's um, it's a really, it's a really healthy thing anybody could do. Um, that's part of the goal now with the Wim Hof as well. Like, well, that brings us perfectly to my final question. After like getting derailed with the bleeding, <laughs> absolute mad talk. I love the mad talk. It is, isn't it? That's why you're here. Um, but listen, that, just, you said it's the last question. That's even without mentioning the psychedelics. <laughs> 
didn't want to implicate you. Um, <laughs> the, the DMT chat. Oh yes, um, that's but, another podcast. That's, that, that's a, we. This is where the comeback. We'll we come. We'll get you on the live one when we're going to do when we talk about DMT. Yeah. We'll, we'll put that down. Oh, yeah. um, but listen to me. Um, you're off off tomorrow because obviously this journey that's led you, um, Wim Hof, Wim Hof instructor. Yeah. You're heading off to live with him tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, going unbelievable. Off, yeah. Like. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna fan out inside. Like I'm ah, be... like what an incredible. Like even for me as your friend, mm. from knowing you, be like you know, first dip in the ocean yeah. to like now actually going to to to, yeah. you know, like very proud of you because you got an idea, you believe in yourself, and look where you're going at yeah. with it. Yeah, I made the see. This is the thing about me as well. Like that's my comfort zone is going over and doing this. Mm-hmm. My comfort zone. It, It'll take me out of comfort zone. It's like, actually, what do I do with it then? Yeah. So from learning with, uh, over the past year and a half, I'd say, yeah, learning about myself, learning uh, my own mindset. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know what I'm going to do when I get when I pass this. And it's getting out of comfort zone is going to be like, the next three years is going to be a lot of that. Yeah. So I'm going to have to prepare for that. So going over there now tomorrow, um, to our Wim's house it's the Wim Hof uh, centre where he actually teach it but he lives there that's his house basically oh, yeah. in Norway? no uh, the Netherlands Stro. oh I thought it was Norway no <laughs> um, so I'm going over there tomorrow um, I'm going to be there so land on Friday but the courses Saturday and Sunday two full day courses Brilliant. and it's it's just like you're going to be Wim Hof to the max yeah and if he hasn't got any business or if he's doing if he's not away from his house like that's where he lives he's mm. going to be there and if he's there that's when I fan out <laughs> that's like I'm going to be screaming like a little girl hyperventilating <laughs> he's like oh Patrick like, like, we need to get you to breathe <laughs> like he'll be like game face and be on like you yeah, know that kind of, but inside he'll be like oh my god like, like if not only easy to say like this, he was the influential influential yeah. people in your life like he is huge mm. like he's huge yeah. simply because of his mindset yeah simply and what he does and how he does the pro- like the background on him like his, his wife killing, killing herself mm. and stuff like he's a huge background that like yeah. any other person again options came up into his life and he mm. see he took the options so um he's a huge influence over me and uh i'm gonna be going over them tomorrow and that's gonna be very surreal for me like yeah you know? what a journey from there then it's like i'll go back over to poland then for six days up in the mountains that's when you're if you go on to YouTube, you'll see like the big river that they all go in, the mountain yeah. that they climb, and the caves that they do be in. Like that's for six days, and that's gonna be deep. Like, Amazing. It, that's in December, so. Uh, and then for, like this time next year, I'll be fully qualified instructor. Yeah, I and can't wait. We have big plans. Like. Well, listen. When those big camp plans come into fruition, you're gonna have to come back and tell us all about it. Mm. We're gonna. We'll be sooner than that. We'll do a little follow up. Yeah. And see how yeah, you get on. Honestly. You can grab me at any stage and just say, Patsy, does it feel like this? <laughs> 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 you know Patty's I mean? raging because <laughs> someone cancelled due to coronavirus. Patty, come on, get in here. On the super sub, it's, you know we're, I mean? we're ready. We're ready for the chat. We're ready for the, the chat. Sil- well, the this sil- is a six-part chat because we go, then we'll go off onto the next one will be Wim Hof experience and DMT and then we'll go again. It doesn't even have to be DMT. It's just, it just the whole idea of like... The uh, other world. The whole idea <laughs> of like psychedelics and the benefits and that's yeah. all it can be. Um, it does be a... 
And I'm oh, grateful for being getting asked. Well, listen, thank you very much. And I'm only messing. You were on the list. You know, you were on the list from day one. Yeah. We talked about this for ages. But um, thank you very much for coming in. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, great chats. But these are our chats. Any great chats? These are just our <laughs> this chats. This is a normal old chat. This is this conversation. People <laughs> listen to this podcast. What the fuck is going on? Here? If you actually think about it, right? You asked me at the start about Wim Hof, and you asked me at the end, what I said in the middle. <laughs> What got said in the middle? I, I actually know. can't remember. All I can remember is just like admitting that I th- think I'm a dog or a cat. Uh, like that, yeah. oh, you don't said at it. me, please okay. don't at me. It was a long time ago. There's some serious editing going on now. <laughs> no, we don't edit, so we don't shame. There's a there's a stern real. What goes in yeah, stays in. That's, it. that's where it should be. Um, yeah. But uh, no, I really do appreciate you coming in. Thank you very much, and best of luck for the future. Yeah. Delighted. And if anyone wants to recap and watch any of the documentaries that I spoke about during this podcast with Paddy, go to Fight Connect TV and watch more. But uh, any final words before I let you go? Um, With this whole coronavirus, just (laughs) keep a level head. (laughs) Keep calm. Keep calm and just relax. I don't know what I'm going to eat now because all the shelves are empty in the bleeding supermarkets. Just stop. The shelves aren't empty. No. Yeah, we won't get it done. Any last things to say is uh, nah, uh, learn, learn as much as you can about yourself. Yes. Yeah. That's that's uh, start get the list out. Write down what's not happening. What's happening? Uh, what's not what? What you're not happy with in your life? <laughs> write down that. Write down that list and just start ticking them off and see what you can do. Yeah. See what pops up. Actually, a lot of people might actually mm. surprise themselves what they're not happy about with Absolutely. their own life. And that. And, funny thing about it is we are chosen to have that in our life so yes I agree well thank you very much girl girl Mila Mahogut uh Paddy Douglas for the first exchange yo <laughs> <laughs>